Welcome to Doing Good Business, the podcast where personal and professional development meet. I'm Laura Heacock, a leadership coach and talent acquisition consultant, and I'm joined every week by my co-host, Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, training you to bring positive business practices into any company. Doing Good Business is the podcast that teaches you that doing good business is not only possible, it's profitable. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Doing Good Business. Uh, Kelly and I officially have our most international guest with us today. We're so incredibly excited. Today, we are talking with Mark Puncher. Mark is the Chief Energy Officer of a company called Employer Branding Australia. You heard it right, kids. We have our first guest from Australia, and we could not be more excited. So, Mark, thank you so much for joining us. And tell us a little bit about what a Chief Energy Officer does. Thank you very much for having me. Um, yeah, so so the, frankly, the reason I called myself Chief Energy Officer is because we were a startup and it felt uh, disingenuous to call myself a Chief Executive Officer of one. Um, but even, <laughs> but even, even as we've grown, um, I think, you know, when you run your own business, when you start your own thing, you need to look at what you're bringing to the table and what is it that you bring that really differentiate you, differentiates you from others. And, and, and for me personally, that's high energy. Um, obviously, I hope that we bring the expertise and experience, but but more than anything, we bring a real passion for what we do, and we, we really want to energize people about employer branding. I love that. Yeah. So um, this is Laura, and for many of our audience members may not know this, but I spent a good 13 or 14 years of my professional career in the talent acquisition space in the U.S., so I'm very familiar with the concept of employment branding and the talent acquisition process and all of the things that are going on in there. I still have a, a fairly decent um, pulse on on the market in the U.S. So I'm really curious about, you know, what you've seen in the U.S. Like, I feel like I've personally seen good, bad, and ugly candidate experiences. I would imagine you have too. So what inspired you to start an employment branding agency to actually improve that in Australia? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's a great question. Um, Australia is not as advanced in terms of employer branding as the US and even as, as um, main parts of Europe, um, where I'm from, I'm from the UK originally. Um, mm-hmm. but, but there is some good stuff going on. Unfortunately, 95% of what is going on, in my opinion, just isn't good enough. Um, and I'd actually argue that the US isn't far off. I think there is more than anything else, there's far too much gloss and hype going on yes. in employer branding. The very we do not brand- disagree. We were literally <laughs> just talking about that before we connected with you. Kelly and I were Googling and talking. Yeah, we're totally on the same page. I think, you know, I think the moment you say the word branding, people switch off. And, and for good reason. You know, certainly in Australia, and I believe in the U.S. as well, Australia tends to follow the U.S. model around advertising. People are being sold to 24-7 as consumers and as candidates. And um, I think many, many talented people when it comes to their careers and employers are fed up of it. Um, So what I wanted to do was to bring it right back, strip it back to, um, you know, honest, open communications about what it's really like to work here in each employer. I guess our key word that we use all the time, uh, I'm afraid I can't own it, but I love to use it a lot, is authenticity. And and I know it's, you know, it's wrapped around LinkedIn a lot, but um, very few people are out there, very few employers are out there just lifting the lid and opening the windows on their organization to say, here's what it's like for good and for bad. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that, you know, obviously there's sites like Glassdoor and Indeed now has a competitive product and you can see you know, what people share. But I also know, you know, on the the negative side, there's a lot of just somebody that gets fired and gets pissed and writes a bad review. And then, kind of, you know, on the other side of the coin, you get companies that go on 
a full-on internal campaign to try and increase those ratings. So that data is is really skewed, even if you do your research. Absolutely right. And I think, I mean, you know, the other thing you're forgetting is it's also um, very easy to fake reviews as an employer. Oh, on, my gosh, on, yeah. On yep. So, you know, I, I worked with um, um, somebody the other day and realized that, you know, they had a host of horrendous reviews and then one amazing one. And I just, it just didn't ring true. Um, right. So whether it's fake or not, you know, the reality is that every employee's experience is different. But what matters is that is that as a candidate, you use all the tools at your disposal to really understand um, what this employer is like, what others are saying, what they're saying about themselves. Most importantly, the impression you get um, when you meet them, if, if you if you get to if you get to go and engage with them. Um, what I think candidates often don't do, though, is to trust their instinct and their gut. You know, people oversell themselves and they'll say, oh, yeah, it seems a bit bad. There's, you know, gosh, there's 30 reviews and, and 25 of them are talking about bad management, but maybe maybe things have changed. Well, you know, unless the employer is out there telling you and showing you that they've changed and you believe them, don't join that company. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mark, I have a, Kelly, I have a marketing background, which makes this mm. conversation even more wonderful because you have both and Laura is one and I am the other. But something that you said earlier when I was working with clients doing marketing, I spent a lot of time helping them understand that there really is no such thing as a brand image anymore. There's only brand reality. And for some of the reasons that you're both talking about, there's so many ways to find out what employers are doing and um i love the authenticity i i kind of defined it as being specific and genuine because people would ask me oh yeah authentic yeah what does that even mean well for me it meant how how a company can be specific and genuine about who they are what they do how they use their talents to create value for others and i think that's a big part of it because it gets lost in the gloss Mm -hmm. um and I think people just don't trust. They don't trust I, them. I agree. And, and we've given them no reason to trust. I mean, you know, in, in society, individuals don't trust any institutions or organizations or very few. Um, right. What they trust, interestingly, they're more likely to trust some a stranger they've never met on an anonymous review site than they are an organization. And, and we've done that to ourselves as an industry, as, 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 a, as a, um, I guess, a nation of employers. Um, what I think is is really interesting as well, though, it's not just about look, own up, be honest, but actually, when you show your flaws, it's hugely attractive to the right candidates. I, I'd like to give you an example if that's okay. Yes, yeah, that'd be great. We love one. We love. I was reading, you know, we were looking at your website before we spoke today, and you know, when I first started my coaching business, one of the first things I toyed around with was perfectly imperfect, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's on your branding on your website. So please <laughs> give us an example. Exactly right. So we say, you know, our purpose is to help fantastic, imperfect employers attract fantastic, imperfect people. So our first mission is to remind employers and candidates that no one's perfect. Um, Our second one from an employer perspective is to say, hey, if you if you recruit and you oversell and you either recruit the wrong person because you've selected badly or because you haven't been able to attract good enough candidates or you've oversold and someone joins you for the wrong reasons, you both will lose and it will be painful. So it's not like buying a pair of sneakers, you know, buying a product um, and then maybe it falls apart and, you know, maybe you get a refund, maybe you just don't worry. You're talking about a career. You're talking about someone, you know, and the, and the worst case scenario isn't someone who walks in and then finds it's horrible or it's not for them and they leave. It's the people who stay and who whinge. Right. You know, I talk about, I'm, a, I'm an Englishman, I talk about whinging. So people who, right. people who sit there and every day feel 
feel they've been oversold, they feel disconnected. We talk a lot of the time about the difference between if you take the same person with the same skills and personality and, 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 and what, everything they bring, and you take version A of that person is connected to the purpose of the organization, feels valued by the organization, understands their contribution and sees that impact versus someone who has the opposite of those things, who feels disconnected, disengaged, who feels this isn't their place to be for, for the long term. Maybe they're thinking, well, as soon as the other job comes along, I'll go. Or as soon as my baby reaches one and a half and things get right. a little bit oh, you know, it, the difference in terms of their performance, the difference in terms of their impact is immeasurable. So the story I was, gonna, I was going to tell, and this is, again, bringing it back to that authenticity and being honest, um, in a, with, with a former employer where I um, ran their employer branding division, um, my team and I worked with a disability services client, so an organization that helps people with disabilities. And um, I'm not sure in the U.S. what you call disability support workers. Oh, gosh, there's a lot of categories. So there's social workers that help folks find um, employment. Probably social workers are Mm -hmm. the number one field that's going to help folks. Yeah, if you picture somebody who's a social worker who works with one individual with with severe disability, you know, with real Mm -hmm. needs, um, and, you know, just spend, she, she or he spends all their time with, uh, with that with that client um oh so like a, my, an actual caregiver like a personal caregiver that's right but i guess a professional personal caregiver so somebody mm-hmm. paid and she um this this caregiver was talking to one of my team and um she said my, my team members asked her the question we, we do in interviews with employees to try and understand the proposition of the employer what we call the employee value proposition i'm sure you've heard of it um mm-hmm. and, she said, what, why do you do what you do? Why do you work here? And she said, she said because, um, because I want to make a difference. You know, at that point, we politely, we, we're very polite, but secretly we're yawning because everybody yeah. says make a difference and it means yeah. nothing. You know, yeah. investment bankers say they make a difference or investment banks tell employees they make a difference. Real estate, you know, everywhere you right. go, you know, in between the news, you're told if you buy some McDonald's fries, they'll give, you know, two cents to charity and you're making a difference. It doesn't, <laughs> it just doesn't mean anything. So, what my team member did, and I'm very proud of her for this, I loved it because it was a huge moment in unlocking their EVP. She said, what do you mean? Tell me what what does a good day look like? And do you know what this worker said? She said, um, she said, well, you know what? Um, last Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning, she knew the day and the time. She said, um, my client who has high needs disabilities, um, he learned how to use a fork for the first time. Oh. And then she paused and said, as, as my team members draw dropped, she paused and said, we've been working on it together for two and a half years. And, oh, and, and there's something in that story that what's so perfect, or and nothing's perfect, we're all imperfect, but what's so great about that story is it, sh- it inspires because it says, wow, this individual frankly, on not not fantastic pay uh, and not great conditions, but, you know, good overall and um, okay for what she does. Um, and for what the market offers, she spent two and a half years empowering mm-hmm. somebody to learn to do something that, for most of us, is so basic. But for that individual, changed mm-hmm. the game. And the, oh the, the, when you really go to advanced level EVP creation, what you realise is the keywords weren't actually. It wasn't about the fork, and it wasn't about the two and a half years. She said the words, "We've been working on it together." And yeah, yeah. why it's so important? It's so important to understand, you know, the industry and what's going on in the industries you're working with. Because what was so important is there's a lot of people who go into um, disability care with all great intentions, 
but they sort of want to save the world in an afternoon. They want to make a difference and they want to do for, they want to do things for the client who has the disability, which is fundamentally against, certainly in Australia, what, what, what needs to happen. What we're talking about in Australia all the time in disability is we need to um, empower somebody to achieve their goals. We need to support them and assist them in what they do. So the fact that she used those words, you know, there was so much in there. So it was inspirational, yes, but it also educated. And what it says to somebody who's considering this career or considering joining is if you want to save the world in an afternoon, if you want to come in and do everything for them and feel good about yourself, this is not the job for you. If, however, you are willing and able and have the resilience and the patience and the long-term view to come every day and do the hard work, the hard yards, and take two steps forward and three back some days, and then hit that milestone, this is the job for you. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's a true differentiator. I mean, in the world of, you know, short attention span theater, that is absolutely mm-hmm. a, a brand differentiator. And to your point of, you know, everybody wants to make a difference, you know, no matter what they're doing, that's a pretty vanilla answer. That is a true, you know, it's a way that you can say, this is how we make a difference and this is why we make a difference. And quite frankly, this is who can make a difference in the way that we choose to. Yeah. We, I mean, we, we have a phrase or a mantra called show, not tell, which is if, mm-hmm. if all of your website copy, your job ad copy, if all your social media copy is saying we do all these things, here's three bullet points about our talent offer. Nobody's going to believe you and why should they? And actually, and, and even if they did, you're requiring someone to stop and read and engage and, 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 and I guess find resonance themselves. Whereas when you show and when you show through storytelling and when you show, show through storytelling about your people, people can't help but engage with that. We are consistently finding when we put out, you take something like Facebook, um, when, when we put out store, content posts on Facebook for our clients and LinkedIn, but um, depends on the audiences, for about people, about your employees, about the impact they have, it consistently significantly outperforms all the other posts they do. We're working with an aged care provider in Western Australia at the moment, and we we spent three months just kicking off, putting out some people content. The posts that we've put out have been their best performing posts in history. They've been around for 50 or 60 years, Um, obviously not on Facebook all that time. But so so when you talk about your people, when when, when ideally you get them talking on their terms in their own words with no scripts, with no preparation, and just get them sharing, there's little that's more engaging for recruitment than that. Yeah, I think that, you know, this is kind of a sad state in the world right now. But, um, you know, I'll I'll come out there with, you know, when you had first reached out to us, Mark, you had shared the um, the Olivia Bland interview debacle in the mm. UK. And funny, I had a, a client in the UK that had actually sent me the same article and she was sharing her, you know, feedback and negative reaction to it, as I'm sure we all felt. But I think that you know, the world is so conditioned to see the fake stuff that the reason when you see real, it does stand out. And when you see real, it does get more engagement, even on social media and in, right. you know, the the scrolling, the incessant scrolling that, that we're all doing. Um, but it's it's very nice to actually hear that the proof mm-hmm. is, you know, you've got the numbers to prove it, right? Like you've got these oh, real authentic and, and, videos and they are getting more engagement. It's not just, you know, as we say, like Kelly and Laura pontificating about this stuff. Right. That, that's absolutely right. You know, it, and, and, and real is often small um, and, and, and locally. Yeah. And the real is often about daily moments. You know, one of the things that we bring to many, many of our clients is um, to talk about, Stop. So why is it that when you go on a career site and it says meet our people, 
you end up looking at the board, the executive team. If right, you a yeah. marketing role or a retail operations role, you are not actually that bothered about the CEO right. and the board and the chairman or the chairperson. Um, what you care about, ideally, is seeing someone who's maybe six months ahead of you doing the job that you're thinking about applying for. And so mm-hmm. what, and what matters at that level is actually the little things that happen every day. It might be, you know what, every Tuesday – we all jump in a room and eat cake together. You know, that is a nice thing. It's not when it's pitched as a perk by the company, horrendous. You know, there's no value in that. But when people say we actually just like connecting with each other, um, well, it might be someone saying, you know, I, you know, um, I heard a story the other day that someone told me that, um, you know, she worked for the employer and her friend is, is uh, tragic, really. Her, she's from the, she's from New Zealand, which is next to Australia, and she, uh, her friend, um, her two sons committed suicide uh, in a oh. very short space of time horrendous moment and she's a senior leader and she just said you know it was horrendous and there's nothing often that can be done at that time but I just had to get back and she said that she she approached her boss and she said look I this has happened and before she sort of started saying look so I need to work out how I'm going to do it and I, I I'll take my leave and but I also have to do some work and he just said look just get on a plane go and do it and we'll figure it out later oh, and right. sometimes it is those moments you know we spend so much time at work that when it really, when, when life doesn't go to plan, when we're throwing a curveball, that your manager or your employer steps in and does the right thing and mm-hmm. says the right thing at the right time, it is so valuable. Now, when you showcase that, I'm not saying that people need to make glossy videos about this situation of some poor lady losing her sons, but I think when you have an individual, and we've done it, you know, I've just drafted the story, we're writing a story that includes that that quote. And um, what what she goes on to say, this employee is, I feel so connected to this employer and I bring them everything I have. Yep, right. And at the end of the day, human beings are wired for connection. And we Absolutely. don't think about that when we're creating an employer brand. But that is a really beautiful example of how, you know, a company can walk their talk beyond, you know, beers on Fridays or birthday parties on the first of the month. And so, like, it's just about those real human moments. So I'm, I'm curious about that. Um, Mark, this is Kelly. What would be some of the best practices you know if if it's not let's all don our volunteer shirt and put it on for the group photo um one day that we've been told we need to volunteer (laughs) not that we have opinions or anything (laughs) i i I hear you and we we, and and we hide it so well (laughs) but you know what are then some of the best practices so that if our audience is you know driving to work and thinking okay Mm. tell me how do i get started what are some of the things that they should be thinking about that would help them develop an employer brand and i would just say to 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 gut check myself i'm thinking that the employer brand and tell me if i'm wrong is a deeper version of the corporate commercial brand, not necessarily a different version. Would that be yeah. accurate? I'm glad you said that. I mean, there's two there's two key points there. I'll address the, the the latter one first. I mean, so yeah, employer branding, commercial branding, they of course they intersect hugely. And I love that you said deeper because I think people often think of employer brand as a bit of an add-on to the commercial brand. And actually, right. if anything, I'd say it's the other way around because in most industries the quality of your people and their commitment to you drives the customer experience and the value that you deliver. So getting, having the right workforce of connected, engaged people who you are, um, you know, really empowering to do well is driving the value you bring customers is driving your brand. Um, I think that 
you know, in terms of practical tips that, you know, I, I feel that certainly in Australia, and I believe in the US from all the, the understanding I have, the whole employer branding industry in terms of so-called specialists is set up the wrong way. And the reason is because most employer branding businesses have been created or a lot of them have been created from essentially brand agencies or brand businesses that have decided, mm-hmm. oh, there's some money in employer branding, we'll do that. And uh, <laughs> it's probably a bit mean, but some people I hope have the right intentions. And I'm not trying to you know, have a go at everybody, but I think that the, the, the challenge there is that one of the big differentials for me is commercial branding there is this this the classic branding exercise you know if you think about commercial value proposition is do some meetings with the leaders work out what the value is hopefully talking to some customers and so on and then and then you know turn that into a brand proposition employer branding I, i'd argue frankly that commercial brand propositions need to go a lot deeper than that anyway but employer branding you just cannot get away with it so the first piece of advice i'd give people is understand first and what I mean by that is what people tend to do is they go, oh, yeah, we've got to get an EVP or we've got to do our, sort our employer brand. And remember, you don't the employer brand exists all the time. It's just about shaping and influencing it, you know. But, it, but if right. you want to create an EVP, your employee value proposition, you know, it, people jump in and they go, right, yeah, well, um, Sarah in marketing writes, some, writes well. Let's get her to write something. And, of course, you know, she or he writes something or – or maybe you get an agency in and they start throwing mood boards around and talking about, you know, connection and purpose. And and, and it becomes basically a gimmick. Um, right. And so at best, you create something which falls flat, which doesn't really cut through. At worst, you turn people off. So what I talk about is understand first. And what does that mean? Well, that means, first of all, engaging your current people and i talk about engage we do a lot of research talking to leaders we do a lot of research talking to employees on the ground we actually whenever possible we insist on on one-to-one interviews with employees on the ground not focus groups because it's sort of doing it down this is a personal journey and a personal experience so we want to understand why is it that you chose this place why did you hesitate well, who else were you looking at of course some of this stuff like that but much more importantly what is it that makes you stay what what is it that makes you bring your all when 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 actually it'd be easy not to not to bring your all what is it that means that you don't bring your all if someone says look up you know to be honest it's probably it's sort of a bit of just a job why is that and when you can understand what the key themes are and pillars are and then when you can understand the angle and the nuance of that you're really going to get somewhere take might make a difference you know everybody when you ask them why do you do what you do well i want to make a difference or i want to help people i want to change the world i want to impact um that's a key driver for many humans nowadays, partly, you know, classic Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We, we're at self-actualization mm-hmm. in, across many parts of the US and Australia and in many industries. So we want to impact. We want to make a difference. But the key is understanding, but what does that mean here? How do you do that? The, the group that gets often underdone in this research phase is the team leaders, the managers in the middle. And, and actually, they play the biggest part of all, in my experience, in shaping the employee experience. So... You know, it's important not just to talk to your senior execs and then your people on the ground. It's talking about the people in the middle and saying, well, what are your challenges? And, and also, you know, obviously, what's your personal journey? But also, why do you think what makes someone the right hire for this organization? What makes someone the wrong hire? Um, what makes someone succeed? What makes someone not succeed? What makes, you know, the worst case scenario, what, what drives mediocrity in this business, which we see as the mm-hmm. worst in any business? So I think the first point of advice is understand. The second one is a lot simpler. Your employer brand, the nirvana of employer branding, the key goal is not to have a suite of very expensively created videos. Um, it is the moment that your own employees in an Uber, 
in McDonald's, at a party, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. unprompted, yeah. post something and say, so let me give you an example. Yeah, a company saying, here's our volunteering day for the year is just, you know, what are you doing? Um, right. but, but with the employee or maybe 10 employees instinctively say, just had the most amazing day with my employer working in this volunteering space. Exactly. Then, then it's you've done it. Then, yeah, nothing else matters, you know. And, and then, frankly, your your strategic plan and your engine that you're doing on employee branding is just about harnessing that and coordinating it and facilitating it. So we always say, you know, give. So if, once you've understood your brand, once you've understood why, once you've crafted your EVP, give your people a platform and the voice and the support and the encouragement and the freedom to share their experiences for good and for bad. If you're brave enough to oh. do that. And you, if you are a great employer, if you are a great employer for the right people, you will win. I love that. That's awesome. Awesome. And it's the way it should be. It's a, it feels like a very natural thing. Well, it's authentic. It all comes back. Like, let's bring this full circle. You know, it comes back to authentic and, and what you shared in the very beginning, Mark, about, you know, your goal is to have honest and authentic employment branding and to acknowledge that every human and every company is imperfect. And when we find that right match of my imperfection with an organization's imperfection, you get that authentic brand and the employer branding, I would imagine, you know, almost creates itself. Absolutely. And, you know, we're not, I'm, I'm not an arrogant person. I might sound it sometimes. It's the English accent. Um, but I, 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 and my team aren't arrogant, but we are very, very passionate about this. And I guess, you know, we are, even though we're a small business, we're a team of five at the moment. And, and, and even though we're a small business, we do select our customers. We do select the clients that we want to work with. And, and there's two reasons for that. One is some employers are just not ready to understand this. And unfortunately, they often actually tend to be some of the bigger brands because they have that brand legacy and they have the brand team and the comms team. And again, some, some great moments, but people who are just so caught up in that day-to-day of turning the, turning the handles on that machine that, they, that it takes, they're not there yet. And so ironically, it's, it's people earlier on in their journey that are easier to work with and get that right. The other reason that we refuse to work with some clients and, until they're ready, and we explain why and we, you know, we say, you know, stay in touch. But the other reason is because we will fail. <laughs> we will, we they will pay us a lot of money or, or depending on what they've got and what, what it costs. Right. We'll do all this work and it will fall flat because at the end of the day, if the employer doesn't live and breathe the employee value proposition, just like if you don't live and breathe the values that you purport to have, mm-hmm. it will go backwards. And it's not, again, worst case scenario isn't just that the brand doesn't land or the brand message doesn't land. Worst case scenario is you attract a load of people who suddenly find out that you are not what you said you were or not what they believe you were. And right. that for an organization is suicide. I couldn't agree more with you. And I, I think it's a great point to make a couple of great points is that the older, more established brands, they are, they, right? They have a, a mindset that is going to be hard to shift because they've been used to just attracting mm. people based on their name or their logo or, you know, just we all want to work there. And mm. and so it's, it's harder for them to be flexible and responsive mm-hmm. to these changing needs. So I, I think it's really point. important. Yeah, That's yeah. a great point because a lot of these brands as well, as you've just sort of touched on, they often don't have problems attracting great candidates mm-hmm. because they are a big brand, a well-known brand. Here's the right. big thing. Though. It's not just about attracting people with the right resume. It is about attracting people for the right reasons. So mm-hmm. if someone joins a brand because they're that brand, I, I'm telling you it will not work. And, and you know what? And Because not only 
will those people join even though actually maybe they're not getting what they really need but they will also stay because it's that brand and because it's where they're at and you know and because people are not yet and you know we're getting better and better as, as, as a workforce globally at really getting canny and savvy and being honest with ourselves about what we really need to thrive mm-hmm. I was asked that question you know it's not about employer of choice it's about saying as an individual employee what do, what conditions do you need to thrive you know types of organization size of organization what do you need in a manager professionals are getting much much better at, at getting specific and choosy about those things but with those big brands especially people earlier on in their careers are seduced by it and they stay mm-hmm. now when they stay the employer doesn't win because if they're the wrong person or they've joined for the wrong reasons and they're less engaged they'll sit there but will they connect will they bring their all absolutely not right and then the organization will be shockingly surprised by why they're so stagnant and why they have such you know right. low results and yeah right. exactly right, right and then those people become managers because they've been there three years so they get a promotion and then, right. and then they hire more people like them and, and you know it's it, it is not uh, one day i'm going to write a book about this you know when you actually unpack this and look at the impact of the connection the dedication and the engagement of your people with your commercial performance it's not rocket science, you know, and right. but, but you see these big brands who have a great brand story who for 20 years have been, you know, have moved towards the top of the tree. It's very hard to stay there. Very yeah. hard to stay there. And it's not just because of what I've been talking about. It's many, many factors. But, you know, there, there are employers who five years ago were seen as absolutely the place to be. You know, I can think of one very big one that I probably won't name um, uh, here, but a very big one in the US. And, and, um let's just say they're absolutely everywhere every day and i think that um if you talk to their people nowadays even back in the day when they were seen as the best employer you know in the world um people talked about the brand and talked about being there and they actually they talked about and let's see if you can guess they talked about the free food they talked about bean bags they talked about creative right. space uh-huh. they didn't talk about what they were actually doing for a job yeah. and their and their purpose and that has come back to bite that organization from an employer's perspective because mm-hmm. my view is might not be being seen yet they might still be getting great volumes of uh, apparently quality applications but are they getting people who are joining them because they truly want to engage that purpose i'm not convinced yeah right well, well i agree i think you're giving our audience, a lot of food for thought here because there are ways to turn this around. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we encourage everyone to think about this in terms of this whole different perspective. And we talk mm-hmm. about not having the what's in it for me company mindset. And mm-hmm. so when employers can start to move past that and really look at it through the employee's eyes, which is what you help them do, I think mm-hmm. that there's a world of opportunity for everybody wins. Yeah. Yeah. Thank no, you. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's great. Awesome. So, Mark, tell us, close us out with uh, something you're excited about. What is coming up for you or for Employer Branding Australia that you're excited about? We'll, of course, link to all the good stuff, your website and your Facebook and LinkedIn and our show notes. But what's something that you're excited about that's coming up for your organization? Thank you very much. I'm excited about two things. Um, I'm going to pick two. That I've, I'm a very excitable person, so but I, well, I'll pick two. <laughs> One is that we um, are set to announce a very big uh, organizational client um, who have uh, a large, large, large number of employees. And I'm excited not just because it's a great win for the biz, for our business, but actually it's because I believe that it is a great win for them because I believe that we can bring something they've never had to their employer brand. This is an organization that has an internal employer branding specialist and we're going to be supporting them and, and, and empowering them. And 
Um, what we're going to bring to that business more than anything else, you'll, you won't be surprised to hear, is authenticity and, you know, mm-hmm. People mentality. The second thing that I'm incredibly excited about, and I've got to say even more so than the first, is um, we are about to, uh, I'm about to post produce a video that we've created with one of my favorite clients who are called Swan Care in Western Australia. And every day on the surface, um, aged care and, and independent living um, provide services provider. But they are just wonderful. They're a great employer. They are. They do amazing things um, for their residents and their families, but also for their people and their employees. Um, and we've shot a video, which I genuinely hope and pray and believe will be one of the best employer branding videos ever made. And 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 I say that not with arrogance, but just because I, I, I the concept is so honest and and I believe. Um, captivating so no pressure on my creative director and videographer but we're going to we're going to uh, turn this around in the next two weeks and we'll be launching it soon so when I do I'll tag you guys and um, I would love to know what you think Oh my gosh! Yeah, we would love awesome. we would love to include that in uh, in the show notes. So definitely, definitely send that to us. We, we applaud honesty in all of its forms. So yes, we are looking for that honest honest concept here. This is great. So awesome. Well, Mark Padre, thank you so much for being here with us all the way from the other side of the world. Tomorrow for you. Thank you for starting your day with us, and thank you for bringing all your amazing knowledge and your fantastic opinions to uh, the Doing Good Business audience. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Doing Good Business, designed to bring out the best in you and your company. We welcome your reviews and ratings and would love to hear from you. Send your comments, suggestions, and questions through our online form at doinggoodbusiness.com. Stay in touch with us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. The Doing Good Business podcast is brought to you by Laura Heacock of Laura Heacock Consulting for all of your coaching and talent acquisition needs and Kelly Stewart of The Positive Business, helping you incorporate the social business paradigm into your company. Learn more about us and our respective services at the Doing Good Business website. Thanks again for listening and remember to expect good things from everything you do.